0: Any of you guys a fan of the funny papers out there? I don't know if they still print those things or, or not. Uh, I, I know when, for years, that, that was the first section of the newspaper I always went to, and I was a particular uh, fan of uh, the Peanuts comic strip. Uh, any Peanuts fans out here? Maybe probably just a, a few of you. Uh, I guess I've remained a, a fan of uh, that gang uh, of uh, children there. In the funny papers, um, some years ago, there was a comic strip, a Peanuts comic strip uh, that appeared in the papers that, uh, in, in which Lucy uh, consults with one of the greatest theologians of our time, in, you know him, Charlie Brown. And uh, uh, Lucy uh, asked, uh, Charlie Brown, uh, on the great cruise ship of life, some people take their deck chairs to the bow. Some people take their deck chairs to the stern. Where do you put your deck chair, Charlie Brown? Charlie replied, Lucy, I can't even get my deck chair unfolded. And I thought, what a marvelous way to describe the human condition. Uh, We're all passengers on the great cruise ship of life, perpetually moving from the the stern where we strain our eyes uh, backwards over the trackless ocean looking for some uh, sign of where we've been to the bow uh, where we peer into the empty distance in the hope of discovering some hint of where we are going and whether we know it or not, we're looking for something we can count on to save us. We're really looking for God. Paul In the scripture that Mary read for us just a moment ago, uh, Paul addressed these circumstances one rather unforgettable morning on the Areopagus uh, in Athens, probably sometime around the late summer of A.D. 50, he had been asked to appear there before the philosophers of the Areopagus um, to make a defense of his teaching. Men of Athens, the apostle began I perceive that in every way you are very religious. And indeed they were in Paul's day. The city of Athens was filled with shrines and houses of worship. The uh, ancient uh, geographer Paul Sanias uh, writing a century after Paul's death declared the Athenians venerate the gods more than any other people on earth. That However, is no reason for pride. Paul stated, for the God who made the world and everything in it does not live in shrines made by man. Rather, he lives within each of us, having given us his spirit as life and breath and having allotted periods and the boundaries of our habitation, that through knowledge of our incompleteness and shortness of our lives, we might be moved to feel after and find him. Paul had observed something that was very important. It seems that all of us are, in one way or another, on a quest to find God in our lives, some questing more fervently than others, some not even knowing uh, what it is that they're looking for. They only know that there seems to be something missing. From their lives. And if we could only grasp that fact, I think we would be a little less reluctant to share our faith with others. I uh, recall a conversation that I had quite a few years ago. I was serving as a resident chaplain at Yale New Haven Medical Center in Connecticut. And one of the services that I covered there in the hospital was the plastic surgery uh, unit. It was a particularly challenging place to do Ministry not only because of the physical pain uh, of many of the patients' uh, uh, pain that they were experiencing but but also uh, mental anguish that accompanies recovery from disfigur- disfiguring burns and uh, radical head neck cancer surgery in following patient care rounds one day, uh, a young psychiatry resident turned to me and he said, "You know, chaplain." Uh, I'm not a religious person, but I'm glad the patients here have you to talk with them. And I was uh, particularly struck uh, by his comment and how he prefaced it. I'm not a religious person. When people say that, I often wonder if what they are saying really indicates a rejection of much of the popular religion of our time or at least uh, the religion that uh, we often see on the TV news. Kind of a turnoff, frankly, for for many. But the young doctor found something important in my role there in the medical center. and I I wonder if he wasn't more religious uh, than he was able to recognize. A seeker, like so many of us, and we had many Conversations uh, after that um, together. Like Charlie Brown, uh, the bright as well as the foolish, the most religious among us uh, as well as the least religious, uh, we ceas- ceaselessly uh, drag our deck chairs from the stern to the bow of the great cruise ship of life, ever seeking to catch a clear glimpse of the Lord in heaven, and in whom we live and move and have our being, of whom St. Augustine declared 1,600 years ago, our hearts are restless and cannot know peace until they find rest in thee. One of the the amazing stories that come out of the annals of uh, World War II Uh, occurred on January 22nd, uh, 1944. The American Sixth Corps landed on the beaches of Anzio, a resort town uh, in central Italy on the shores of the Tyrrhenian Sea. Four United States infantry divisions went in there hoping to turn the enemy's flank and draw the Germans away from the fortified city of Cassino and thereby open a way uh, to the main allied march and the capturing of Rome. The Germans, uh, however, held the heights uh, overlooking the Anzio beachhead. And soon a withering artillery barrage was raining down on the American forces, actually for the next four months. The Sixth Corps remained trapped on that uh, little ribbon of sand. Rain filled the shell holes and later sandbag bunkers uh, were dug. uh, And they were our our troops' only protection. Before the carnage ended on May the 11th of that same year, 59,000 American soldiers had been wounded or killed there on that beach. And as might be expected... Uh, many remarkable tales came out of that ordeal. My favorite one is uh, filed by the famous war correspondent Ernie Pyle. Uh, and it seems that this uh, grizzled army master sergeant, <coughs> who had gone in with the first wave, was uh, caught on the beach by the German artillery and managed to save himself only by jumping into a water-filled shell hole <coughs> sometime later. By improving his position with a trench shovel, uh, he came upon an ornate silver uh, crucifix of the kind that perhaps a wealthy Italian might hang on their bedroom walls. Two hours later, in the midst of another uh, artillery barrage, uh, a United States Army chaplain wearing the bars of a captain rolled into the shell hole beside him. And a a moment after that, both men buried their faces in the sand as a German 88 fell just about 10 yards in front of them. The master sergeant holding up the muddy crucifix in in front of uh, him that he'd been uh, clutching for dear life, he just exclaimed, my God, Padre, am I glad to see you. How do you make this thing work? How do you make this thing work? It's a real question, isn't it? Uh, Sure, we're all God's children made in his image with God's own life and breath within us. But just the same, millions of people traveling with us on this great cruise ship of life, just when they most need a place to sit down, they can't get their deck chair unfolded. And they wanted so much to gaze upon the glory of God in such difficulty doing just that. And these are struggling folks uh, who've not yet discovered a God who works. Paul found Athens in the autumn of um, AD 50, simply overflowing with discouraged, soul starved people searching and seeking. There was even an immense temple dedicated to the unknown God on the city's main thoroughfare. How tragic, uh, the apostle uh, thought. The people who raised that shrine and the legions of their descendants who worshiped there surely hungered and thirsted after the living God, as we do, but they simply don't have the foggiest notion how to find him. And so Paul uh, Determined to do something about that. And when his time came, he stood up before the philosophers of the Areopagus and he declared, what therefore you worship is unknown. This I proclaim to you. And he proceeded to tell them the story of the God that he had come to know so intimately since that day on the Damascus Road when God confronted him there. Scriptures tell us that some scoffed. Some said, well, we'll hear you again on this matter. But some of them joined Paul and became believers, including Dionysius, a member of the court of the Areopagus, and a woman named Damaris, and a number of others. My friends, if only we knew, if only we knew how many around us are seeking after God, I think we'd be far less reluctant to share our story and tell others about this Jesus who can make a difference in their lives too. It's good news. And so let's put behind us once and for all uh, what Paul called uh, long ago the, the times of ignorance. And through increased devotion to Christ and more faithful service and renewed commitment, uh, let's share the good news of Jesus with others. Well, how do I do that, you might ask. It's, it's not difficult. Um, just invite somebody to church with you. That's a good place to begin. Hey, I, I see you struggling. May I share something with you that helped me a great deal? I see you're uh, new in town uh, and, and alone. Uh, I know a great bunch of people I'd like you to meet. Or <clears throat> we're having a picnic uh, with a bunch of friends uh, from, from church. Why, why don't you join us? We can pick you up. Uh, well, that's, that's kind of the way it starts. Um, something like that. And you go on from there. Uh, you don't have to reach perfection before you... you'd you'd do that. Uh, We'd never get started otherwise. Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith. So don't keep it to yourself. Find someone to uh, share uh, your faith with this week. But uh, let me encourage you to do it in in a, a sense of mutuality. Uh, not in a condescending way. The late D.T. Niles um, of Salon, uh, a great missionary statesman and evangelist, he, he said one day that evangelism is just one beggar telling another where to find bread. I kind of like that, don't you? One beggar telling another uh, where to find bread. That uh, puts us all in the tub together, uh, like mom did when we were kids. She uh, threw us all in there together. Uh, we're all on the same plane. Uh, That's how it should be. And I think sometimes we forget that there's so many hungry, starving people looking for bread out there. Folks, uh, I think you'll find that folks will be grateful uh, that you took the time uh, and had the courage to share your own discovery with them. But in the meantime, in the meantime, Let's keep working on that deck chair. In time, it'll, it'll come together for you. The late uh, missionary to Africa, Albert Schweitzer, uh, put it this way in the closing paragraph of that great uh, book that he wrote, The Quest for the Historical Jesus. In that final paragraph, he writes, He comes to us as one unknown, without a name. As of old, by the lakeside, he came to those men who knew him not. He speaks to us the same words, follow thou me, and sets us to the task which he has for us to fulfill in our time. He commands, and to those who obey him, whether they be wise or simple, he will reveal himself in the toils, the conflicts, the sufferings, which they shall pass through in his fellowship. And as an ineffable mystery, they shall learn in their own experience who he is. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we are so grateful that you revealed yourself to us. What a difference you have made in our lives. We pray that you would uh, give us the courage today to share our faith with others as we continue to grow in our experience of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in his name, amen.